Hello, my name is Richard Pete Hill. I'm the host of the Black Hole Podcast. I hail from the great state of Mississippi. I'm a veteran of the United States Army, and most importantly, I am a lover of African-American history that you should never forget. And it is my sincere hope that you will pick up on what I'm putting down. I will share with you some interesting facts that will hopefully motivate you to want to learn more about African-American history. I am your host, Richard Pete Hill. Let's get started. Today we're going to talk about the Emancipation Proclamation. Between August 30th, 1861 and January 1st, 1863, no less than four Emancipation Proclamations would be issued in the United States. Abraham Lincoln was not the first person to write an Emancipation Proclamation document as an agent of the federal government. In fact, when Lincoln found out that someone had freed slaves with a proclamation, his immediate instinct was to relieve that person of their duty immediately. The person he relieved of duty was none other than General John C. Fremont. The life of General John C. Fremont could be an entire podcast unto itself. This man is literally responsible for California becoming a state. He served as the first governor of California territory, and ultimately, he would become one of the first two men to represent California in the United States Senate. Fremont grew up in the South, but he hated slavery with a passion. As a California politician, he founded the California branch of the Republican Party. In 1856, Fremont ran for the presidency of the United States as the candidate of the newly formed Republican Party. This party was founded by people who opposed slavery. For the first time, a purely northern major political party had positioned itself squarely against the supporters of slavery. The South hated Fremont, and long before there was an Abraham Lincoln, Southern politicians were threatening to leave the Union if Fremont was elected president in 1856. Fremont lost to James Buchanan, who by all accounts was sympathetic to the slave states. You know, when Abraham Lincoln was elected in 1860, the Southern states did, in fact, succeed from the Union in protest to Lincoln's anti-slavery political views. When the American Civil War started in 1861, Lincoln placed General Fremont in command of what they called the Department of the West. During his tenure at this command, Fremont enjoyed limited success, and he had the reputation of being a tyrant who made hasty decisions without consulting the president or army headquarters. Although Lincoln found Fremont to be a problem, he could not remove him from his post because of Fremont's popularity throughout the nation. Fremont's command included the state of Missouri, 
a so-called border state that permitted slavery, but still decided to remain in the Union. Many people in Missouri still supported the South. Lincoln wanted Fremont to use diplomacy to gain the support of all of the state's residents. But here's the problem. You see, Lincoln did not believe in slavery, but he also believed the South should be given every opportunity to peacefully return to the Union. And then, and only then, according to Lincoln, could the issue of slavery be resolved diplomatically. Fremont, on the other hand, did not share Lincoln's view. Fremont hated slavery, and he provided zero comfort to the slave-holding men who dared to dissolve the Union because they feared Lincoln would abolish slavery. Instead of diplomacy, Fremont employed harsh measures to control Missouri's pro-succession citizens. On August 31st, 1861, Fremont issued a proclamation placing the whole state of Missouri under martial law. And he then wrote a proclamation that said the following, and I quote, All persons who shall be taken with arms in their hands within these lines shall be tried by court-martial and if found guilty, will be shot. The property, real and personal, of all persons in the state of Missouri who shall take up arms against the United States and who shall be directly proven to have taken active part with their enemies in the field is declared to be confiscated to the public use and their slaves, if any they have, are hereby declared free. What do you think Lincoln did when news reached the Oval Office that a field general was emancipating slaves in a strategic border state? Well, let me put it this way. At this point in the war, Abraham Lincoln's publicly stated reasons for fighting the Civil War was simply restoring the Union. At no time was Lincoln suggesting in 1861 that he was trying to free slaves. You see, Lincoln worried that any talk by Fremont of freeing slaves would drive Missouri and the other three border states into the Confederacy. In addition, Fremont did not have the legal authority to issue or enforce his Emancipation Proclamation. As a result, Lincoln removed Fremont from his command that September, thus nullifying the first Emancipation Proclamation. Now, on April the 16th, 1862, the second Emancipation Proclamation would be written and issued by Congress. It was called the District of Columbia Compensated Emancipation Act. You see, in order to free slaves, you had to pay the slave owner. And the mistake that Fremont made in Missouri was he was threatening to free slaves without compensation for the slave owner, which would have been a direct violation of the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution. But on April the 16th, 1862, the 
the United States Congress freed the slaves in Washington, D.C., and they did it correctly by compensating the slave owners. In fact, we now know the price of a Negro in 1862. You see, the act freed slaves in the District of Columbia and compensated the owners up to $300 max for each person freed. In the month following the enactment of the law, commissioners would approve more than 930 petitions, thus granting freedom to 2,989 black folks in the District of Columbia. On September the 22nd, 1862, Abraham Lincoln issued the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation. And this would be the first proclamation issued by Lincoln. And it said in part the following language. On January 1st, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or any designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. The first Emancipation Proclamation that was written by Abraham Lincoln accomplished several goals. Let's take a look at them. First, the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation issued in September 1862 reassured the four border states who held blacks as slaves that they could continue to rape, work without pay, and sell the children of black people with impunity because it was more important to Abraham Lincoln to keep slave owners happy than to bring any type of relief to a single black slave family in the great states that were in rebellion. Number two, the preliminary proclamation written by Abraham Lincoln suggested to the states in rebellion that if they returned to the Union, they could keep their slaves because only states in rebellion would lose their slave labor. The next thing this proclamation did was to serve as a terror threat to the entire slaveholding South because Lincoln had promised to free the slaves, but he said nothing about protecting the outnumbered slave owners from revenge-seeking former slaves who Lincoln had promised to arm with weapons. When the South heard about the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation, you know what happened? The President of the Confederate States of America, Jefferson Davis, he portrayed this entire proclamation as a crime against humanity. In fact, Jefferson Davis despised Lincoln so much for telling the slaves that he would support them by allowing them to join the Union Army, that Jefferson did this. He warned the entire Union Army that if any white man was caught on the battlefield leading slaves against the South, they would not be recognized as soldiers fighting with honor for the United States. No, sir. Any white military officer fighting with slaves would be seen by the South, according to Jefferson Davis, 
as leading an armed slave rebellion against the South. And the penalty for such an infraction was immediate death if captured on the battlefield. Jefferson goes on to say much more, but I think you can see that he was not overly impressed by Lincoln's preliminary proclamation. And to be clear, the Confederate military and every plantation owner took it deadly serious when their president said, and I quote, the slaves would be subjected to extermination should they join a servile insurrection, which is exactly what the South said the Civil War was. In other words, my friends, when the South succeeded from the Union, when the North invaded and they enlisted former slaves into their military, the South designated the entire Union Army as leading a slave revolt, and all bets were off when it came to war crimes. Later on in my podcast, I will talk to you about a place called Fort Pillow. I firmly believe that Fort Pillow is a direct result of the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation and the threat that it presented to the South. Now, the fourth and final Emancipation Proclamation occurred on January 1st, 1863. And this is the Emancipation Proclamation that you and I both are familiar with. It is the one that we all learned about in school. It is the proclamation that freed, allegedly, all slaves who were in states, mainly in the South, that had taken up arms against the United States. So let's recap. As I started off by saying, there were four different Emancipation Proclamation. The first Emancipation Proclamation was issued by Major General Fremont in the great state of Missouri on August 31st, 1861. The second Emancipation Proclamation was issued by the Congress of the United States on August 16th, 1862. The third proclamation was issued by Abraham Lincoln and was called the Preliminary Emancipation Proclamation, and it was issued in September of 1862. It was considered a warning to the South that they had approximately 90 days to return to the Union or their slaves would be henceforth and forevermore free. Not to mention, Abraham Lincoln threatened to arm free blacks who made it to the Union and allow them to become members of the Union Army. The fourth and final Emancipation Proclamation is the one that we all learned about in school. It was issued on January 1st, 1863. As a result of that particular Emancipation Proclamation, Black people all over America to this very day celebrate something known as Watch Night, which originally started on December 31st, 1862, as they literally watched the clock strike midnight so that they would know they were henceforth and forever free.
And so now, my friends, you know the whole story about the Emancipation Proclamation. You've been listening to the voice of Richard Pete Hill, the host of the Black Hole Podcast. If you like what you heard, please visit my website at richardpeethill.com. And while you're there, please check out my Twitter and Facebook pages. And don't forget to hit that like button and share my media with your friends and family. Never forget, I'm willing to teach you what I know. If you're willing to admit that what you think you know about African-American history is only half true. Until then, try to remember, you are armed with knowledge if history is your weapon. Thanks for listening to The Black Hole.